speak to you about the Israelites. So crazy, but God gave me this, and I had a dream. Mm. August 8th. What? We're in September. And I had a dream about me standing here today. And I had a dream that God was going to shift something in our lives and in this room. And he gave me specific things. And I got up in the middle of the night and I ran to my Bible. And I said, well, I don't know where you're, you ever felt that. That you know God said something to you, but you've got to confirm it. So you're looking for what are you saying, God? See, sometimes we hear the Lord and sometimes we don't inquire of it. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we hear the Lord, but sometimes we go, oh, we just, I just heard something. But it's, well, go inquire it. Go inquire it. What are you trying to say, God? Not only for me, but for us. Not only for us, but for a city. Oh, come on, somebody. We are standing at a pinnacle in, a, in this place. Do you ever feel the press of being in the middle of something? Do you ever feel oppressed like I talked about being in the narrow place and the hourglass and the sand is dripping? Tick, tock, tick. You ever felt like you're in the middle of something and Pharaoh's behind you and the Red Sea is in front of you? Come on. And where do I turn? Where do I go? The Israelites already seen miraculous. The Israelites already seen how God was going to put plague and make Pharaoh harden his heart so he could say, let my people. He, Moses walked up and said, you're going to let my people go. He said, let my people go. And he, Pharaoh didn't move. You ever had that feeling when you pray and you say, you better let them go. And you don't feel nothing to move. You better let my family go. You better let that person that's been sick go. I love, I love what just happened before I got up here. I don't know about you, but I'm about to shout. So here's a woman that's got in a major car accident in the last few days, which is Rich's stepmother. Come on, somebody. Critical. Broken back. Ventilator. Two days ago. A few days ago. He didn't call me. I saw it on Facebook. So I started calling on the name of God. You better start calling on the name of God. Right before I walked up here, he said, Mama, look. She come off of that vent. Mama, look. This is right before I walked up here. Mama, look. She just come off the ventilator and she's responding. Do you want somebody to respond in your life? Do you want your job to be responsive to what God's trying to say? Or are you just working just to work? Hello? They're in a press. They have Pharaoh behind them. After Moses said, let my people go. He didn't listen. He didn't care. You ever see when you try to say something, the devil don't care? You want what? They're my slaves. I can do whatever I want to with them. 
You have anybody that's in captive, that, they, that the, the enemy's got them in slavery, and they can do whatever, and the enemy's doing whatever he wants to. Come on, somebody. Let's go back. Let's go to where you are. We're talking about, we're talking about Israel, but we're talking about us. So he says it again. You're going to let my people go. Did he move, Gabe? No, he didn't move. He didn't care. So Moses goes back and inquires God. You better start inquiring God about some stuff. He goes back and inquires God. He said, I'm about to bring plagues. I'm about to set things and make his heart, his heart hardened. Listen to what it says. It says that God said, I'm going to make Pharaoh's heart hardened for my glory. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the enemy's heart to be hardened for God's glory. We're in the middle of something. Listen to this scripture. I texted Pastor Brandon. I said, oh, something just jumped out at me, man. Like, I said, I am wrecked. How are you supposed to sleep after you hear something from the word of God that he says, watch this, daughter. So here they are in the middle of Pharaoh behind them. The Red Sea's in front of them. Some of you got Pharaoh behind you and some of you got the Red Sea in front of you. Listen to what it says. Let me go up a little bit. I didn't give you this. Christy, this is just just spontaneous. But this is Exodus 14, verse 15. So here's Moses. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. I'm going to get real. Brandon, why do you cry to him? You tell them people to go forward. Anyway. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. (laughs) That the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the heart of the Egyptians so that they, they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. Some of you haven't seen anything about getting any glory. God getting glory over your enemy. (laughs) Leave that there for a minute. I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Your enemy shall know that he is the Lord. (laughs) Some of you play with the enemy. Some of you talk back to the enemy. Some of you pet the enemy. Some of you walk through some doors that you know you're not supposed to walk through and you still do it and you hear these voices and you're entertaining. I'm telling you. Hmm. Then, verse 19, then the angel of the Lord was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. Listen to this. Then the angel of the Lord, are you ready for the angel of God to move on your behalf? Then the angel of, the, of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved. They moved. And they went behind them. 
Here's the Red Sea. There's Pharaoh. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord of God went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them, and they stood behind them. Coming in between the host of... I'm going to shout right here. Coming in between the host of, of Egypt and the host of Israel. The angel of God got in between them. Got in between the host of Israel and the host of Egypt. Are you ready for the angel of God to get in between your situation? And there was a cloud of the darkness, and it lit up the night without coming near all the other all night long. That wasn't even in my notes. That was something God gave me last night. And he said that we are in between. If we'll allow God to do what he needs to do, he's going to go up behind us, and he's going to get in between me and the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the angel of God to come and get in between my situation. Did they believe? Isn't it funny how God used Moses? He could have just, friend, he could have just parted the water. He could have just went, and he could have just parted the water. No, he used Moses and said, why are you crying to me? Lift up your staff and part that water. Do you understand that the authority that you carry? And he wants to use an instrument like little O.S. But if he could use these instruments to speak what he needs to speak and say what he needs to say, and you have the authority to carry what you need to carry. There's an in-between. The Israelites had a great exodus. And isn't it funny how, and I wanted to read this, and I kept pondering it and pondering it. But here they, here they go. So all night long, the water is up on each side. And it, the ground becomes completely dry. So there is a light that's lit up from the angel of God that has come in and it lit up the night. Maybe he needs to light up your night for something. Maybe there's a dark place. I'm not talking about your dark sin. or There might be a dark place that you're in with pain, with disappointment. Maybe he needs to come in and light up your night. Dry up all the water. I don't know about you, but Gabe, I'd be freaked out. If I saw all that water come up on, all the way on one side and all on the other, I'd be like, okay, now God is really not playing around. Like, I already seen all the plagues, and he had to let all of us go. And there was over 2 million. Can you imagine 2 million people moving to get out of Egypt to go to, to get to the promise? 2 million. We're not talking 150. We're talking 2 million. There's a lot of murmuring and complaining in that. I haven't got nothing to eat. I ain't got nothing to drink. What am I going to do with my baby? Where are we going to sleep? Where are we? You think you would be over it with 150? What would you do for, with 2 million? Huh. 
We can't even take care of our six fam family that we have six. We can't even take care of our two daughters that we have that are going to hell in a handbasket. You can't. What are you going to do with two million? What he does and blesses in the small things, he will bless in the big. He's doing a new thing. God's getting ready to move in a way like we've never seen before in our lives. So here they are. They see the plague. They see all these things. They've been through all this. And then all of a sudden, they're standing there going, uh, "Did you? what in the world? I could hear them all screaming, like two million of them, looking at the leader. Like the leader, it's all his fault. What in the world? They're getting ready to kill us. We got this Red Sea in front of us. And here we are in the middle of the enemy and a Red Sea. And what are we going to do? So there goes Moses crying. God said, why are you crying? You know, sometimes a cry is a weep that God wants to do in prayer. And then sometimes you're just a baby. You're crying because you've got a problem. So Moses, obviously in this scripture, obviously Moses was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got all these people and you told me to go out of Egypt. And now i got this in front of me and the army's coming. And what? Shut up. He didn't say it, shut up, but he said, why are you crying? Lift up your arm and open up your staff and tell that, that seat apart. He dried up his eyes. You, some of you need to dry up your eyes and lift up your arm and have something part in front of you. There's an authority that God has given you and you've been whining and crying. You've been murmuring and complaining. Some of you aren't even going here. He's going there. After the Red Sea and they went in and they saw that water crash over the whole enemy. He said, they will be no more. They will be no more. Pharaoh got his best army. Bring your best army behind me. So God can drown it. Come on, somebody. See, you're scared for the enemy to bring his best because you don't have the faith to move the water. Bring your best behind me. Because guess what's going to happen? They're going to drown and they will be no more. So they couldn't pick on you, 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 or you just for me or just for you. So there they are. Now, now everything is happening and they're shouting and they're dancing and they're singing their song. Moses started singing the song of the Lord. His sister started dancing with the tambourine. Come on. I'm going somewhere. Some of you have had some victories and you have danced and you've had this shout. Some of you got married and you've had this shout. Some of you got a breakthrough with finances and you've had this shout. Come on, somebody. You saw the enemy at one time be completely destroyed. Do you think that's over? Do you think that's okay? Now I can sit down and I'm going to have a feast and it's all good. You better get up. The enemy don't like you. Just saying. Just like Gina said. Here she got baptized last week. She said, it's been the longest week I've ever had in my whole life. I said, because you come out of the water, you think the enemy likes you? I said, now it's time to get up. 
If you're really going to get it up out of the water, then get up. You know? Moses and Miriam started singing with joy. This song followed by the tambourines and dance. Everything is awesome, singing, dancing, and rejoicing. But now we come to Exodus 15:22. Listen to this. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. <laughs> So here they are, all dancing. They're excited. The enemy has been destroyed. They're out of Egypt. You ever had that feeling? You ever had that feeling that all of a sudden there was some victory that happened and maybe, you know, you got a breakthrough and you got a new job and you got this new thing and there's a victory and all of a sudden you got this little dance about you and the next thing you know, you ain't got no water. Now here comes the murmuring and complaining again. Water is essential. Water gives life. You can, you can fast food for maybe 40, well, 40 days, but you got to have something to drink. You know, they, they say that you need a whole huge thing of water every day that you need to drink it. Some of you sip, Zion. No more sipping, Zion. We're all on him all the time. Come on, Zion, you need to drink more water. You wonder why you got a headache? You wonder why you don't feel? You need to drink more water. We need to drink more water. But can you imagine that after you started shouting and after you started dancing and after you started doing all these things, the next thing you know, you're in the desert. After you got baptized and you come out of the water and you said, oh my gosh, this has been the longest week I've ever had. Then you come in a desert thing. Two million people in a desert with no water. Can you imagine being the pastor of that? Anyway. Where's our water? What are we going to do? Listen to what it says. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went to the Three days in the wilderness and found no water. They were moving from a high point to a low point. How are you going to respond in a high point and a low point? Can you respond? You know, a lot of times we want to respond in our flesh and in our, in our emotions because something's high. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's so powerful. But what if you're in a low point? Can you go ahead and say, oh my gosh, that's awesome and that's powerful. Or are you going to go, oh, I don't feel like worshiping today. I think I'll just sit right here. It's okay. And sometimes you're in a low point, but you know what? God still wants you to give praise. He still wants you to give honor where honors do. Amen? The people were following God in the desert, walking three days without water. Water is so essential in where we are. You ever felt like whatever you do doesn't produce whatever you thought it would? I'm going to say it again. You ever felt like whatever you do doesn't produce what you thought it would? Hmm. 
But all of a sudden, you spot a spring of water. And after three days of no water, you pull up your bootstraps and you start running because you see water. What would you do if you hadn't had anything to to drink for three days and you're in the sun-beat desert and all of a sudden you turn and from a distance you see water? You're going to take off running. Can you imagine over two million people running to get that water? Exodus 15, 23. When they came to Marah, They could not drink the water of Mara, meaning the dry and bitter experiences. Their expectation of quenching their thirst was so high, and now they sit at water that cannot be drunk. When they came to Mara, Mara means bitter experience. You ever been to a place where you think you're getting ready to drink? some water and there's a bitter experience that you have just tasted and you spit it out. You're so thirsty. Your expectation's so high. I'm going somewhere. So you lean down and you sip on that water and it's bitter and it's poisonous and you can't drink it. So now they've walked another journey to see, find this water, and now they can't even supply. They can't have that water either because, see, there's a bitter experience that resentment has taken place. You've been in a place where there's been bitterness. Come on, somebody. Some of you have been stuck in Mara. Some of you have been stuck in the bitter place, the resentment place, the unforgiveness place. Bitterness can often be rooted from disappointment, unmet expectations, or hurt feelings. You ever had disappointment? And you think, oh my goodness, I know that there's going to be an awesome answer. And they go, no, I'm sorry. You have bavita. No, I'm sorry, but you cannot get that financial. No, I'm sorry, you won't be able to get that house. Your expectations like this up high. And the next thing you know, you... And the bitterness and the resentment. Some are stuck in Mara. I don't want to be stuck in Mara. Here they had all this awesome stuff. They watched the plagues. They watched them got loose from Egypt. They watched the Red Sea open. They go in the desert. They don't drink for three days. Can you imagine not drinking Zion for three days? And then all of a sudden you see water and you're running as fast as you can to get that water. And you put your mouth down. You scoop up your hand and take a drink. And you can't drink it because it's bitter. It's poisonous. So your expectation was so high to get something and so thirsty but you couldn't drink it. We must understand that there's a solution for every problem that we go through. I want you to hear me. If God has led you to a circumstance, God will also make a way for your circumstance. If God's led you to a circumstance, he's going to make a way for your circumstance. God led them to Mara. God. If he's going to put you there, he's going to make a... 
He's going to make a way out there. See, some of you get so stuck in Mara that you don't think that, that God's going to make a way even when he's give you miracle after miracle after miracle and you still don't see it. See, some of us are blinded to the new place that God wants to bring us to. You have blindfolds on. You don't have a perspective of what God's trying to say no matter what's going on. Your feelings are so on your arm. God led them to Mara. Listen to verse 24. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. This was a different cry. This wasn't a, what's going to happen? I'm stuck here. This was a different cry. And he cried to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. When Moses cast the tree into the bitter water, the water became sweet. The tree wasn't for the water. It was for the people. The bitter waters revealed the bitterness that was lodged in their hearts. (laughs) You ever reflected in in water to see something that was really real and it was your image? So it reflected the bitterness. God, he's up to, that was a setup. So here, here he is, taking him out of Egypt, taking him out of all these situations, and then he's going to have to let him look in a mirror of the water so they, they can see their own hearts of the image of their bitterness. He wanted to j- deliver them. He wants to deliver you. Do you see the image of the Word of God? Do you see the water that you're reflecting that you can see so God can heal your heart? Don't stay stuck in Mara. I'm telling you. And what God spoke to me, he said, it's like the the bitterness of the cross became sweet. Come on, somebody. That log, he said, get that log right there. Get that tree and throw that in the water so I can reflect what's going on of their hearts so I can make things sweet. Come on, somebody. Let me get the cross so I can show them the bitterness and things that have happened so I can bring you something sweet. It's called a setup. Here's the Israelites, here's us. Uh, You know how you read the word in the Old Testament and you're going, oh, and that was just the Israelites and they went through this and they went through. No, that's us. You ever had the enemy behind you and you've got something in front of you and you can't move and there's an in-between so God sends an angel? Come on, somebody. In between you? Lift up your staff and part the water. Part the water and then they didn't have no water. <laughs> they had all this water parted. They leave and don't have any water. And then when they get to water, there's bitterness so God wants to reflect for their hearts what they see in their own selves. Sometimes you don't want to look in the mirror and see what really is stinking going on in your life. 
And sometimes God will send somebody to really just talk to you about certain things and you walk away and you go right back to the same thing. You're going and staying at Mara. You're staying in the bitter place because you don't want to look at the image of who you are. God. So God brings the tree like he brings the tree of life. Some of you don't even look at the tree. <laughs> Some of you don't even look at the cross. Some of you don't even look that there's an image of Christ so he can give you sweet water. But they couldn't stay there. God said to Moses, bitter water is not my problem for me. Isn't it funny? I, I could just imagine God going, Moses, bitter water is not my problem. They don't, they don't. That's not, he's bawling and crying going, it's bitter. What am I going to do? I got two million people. What am I going to do? God, and he said, bitter water is not a problem for me. Throw that log in there. See, sometimes we make it so big and then we don't even hear God. Just like I said while ago, God gave me August 8th and he woke me up in a dream and he told me to inquire. So I inquire to give you this. But sometimes you wake up in a dream and you don't inquire. You just go on your day. Casual. And we go through the routine after over and over. and over. He said he wants us hungry. Exodus 15, 26. I love this. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to the commandments and keep all his statures, I will put none of the disease. I'm about to shout right here. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on Egyptians. And I, for I am the Lord your God, your healer. I'm about to shout right there. If you will listen and if you will obey and you listen to my statutes and you listen to my commandments, you won't have any, no disease and you will be healed. Oh, but I've had this for a long time. Okay, Mara. If you want to stay there, you stay there, but this house is moving. We're moving from bitterness. We're moving from disappointments. We're moving. Come on, somebody. I am the Lord, your healer. I not only heal the water, I heal people. That's what he was saying right there. Now, if you'll just listen to me, I just, I just healed the water. It ain't no big deal to me. I could just hear him say, Moses, that ain't no big deal to me. I can heal the water, but watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order statu statues, and I'm going to order commandments, and I'm going to order laws. And if you'll just listen, there won't be no disease. Come on, you, and I am your healer. <laughs> now watch. This is where I wanted to go. That was just the intro. Uh-oh. It's 12 o'clock. I don't care if you leave or not. It might not mean. I'm just saying Listen to this. Verse 27. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. I'm about to shout right here. 
I had a dream. August the 8th. And I saw palm trees and water. And I heard the Lord say, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, daughter. I woke up. I didn't wake up, Pop. Poor Pop. Wake him up all the time. Or he'll wake me up. I don't know. Sneezing. Anyway. Palm Springs. And I'm thinking Palm Springs, you know, like Florida. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking up. Remnant worship. Anyway, I'm looking up. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one that started looking up a song that I thought was on YouTube on a, another person singing it. And they crack up because it was remnant worship. Who's R.W.? R.W. Schambacher. Who is that? And they crack up and said, Mother, that's remnant church. That's remnant work. Oh. So he has to blast it up on this. Anyway. But you know what? God's doing something that I'm sitting there looking to try to find where that is because it's so powerful. I said, where's that song at? That is so powerful. That, Mom. That came from here. Oh. Ooh. It's getting ready to go out. I'm just telling you. I was looking for it. Are you looking for it? Are you looking for a miracle? Are you looking for a healing? Come on, somebody. God said, Palm Springs. So, you know, me, I'm like looking on YouTube and looking on, what, what are you trying to say? I started inquiring God. Palm Springs could be anything, Gabe. I'm like looking like, God, what are you, is it like the state? Or, we're going on vacation, you know? Anyway. And he said, no, daughter, it's Elim. I said, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that word is. I don't even know what that means. So I start inquiring. I start looking up like, you know, you could get Google and get in stuff. You can find anything. Anyway. They came to Elim. The oasis in the desert, a place of provision, rest, and abundance. I'm telling you, we're, we're hitting something. We're going to hit something. It's abundance. We're get, we, we just stepped in. We've just stepped in. Twelve springs in the twelfth year, something's getting ready to happen. I don't know about you, and if you don't want to go to Elim, sorry about you. I don't want you to stay in Mara. I don't want you to stay in the bitter place saying, oh my gosh, okay, well, he made it sweet. Let's just try to drink this. Let's drink. He said, I said, move. Tell them to move forward, shepherd. And I hear that cry in Brandon and Jen. Move forward. We're gonna, we we got to go. Something's getting ready to happen. We're getting ready to wire this up. Something's getting ready to happen in here. Is it hard work? It is hard work. Is it worth it? It is worth it. After leaving Mara, a bitter place, they traveled further in the middle of the desert to the 12 springs of water and the seven palm trees. 12 springs, 12 wells, each one for every 12 tribes. God wasn't making no mistake. He's precise. So here's like 2 million people, but each one of them were in their tribes. See, we need order in here. <laughs> Get in your tribe. 
Get in your place. If you're supposed to be in the children's ministry, get in your place. If you're supposed to help with the youth, get in your place. Get in your tribe. There's water there. Don't be afraid. But when they moved, can you imagine two million people and all of a sudden there's 12, 12 wells of water and they're like, are you kidding me? We just hit an oasis. Like I've been pulling my straps up and really running. But what was awesome is they all ran to their place. So here's two million people that they knew their tribes. So they got in their places to drink what they needed. Come on. Twelve wells. Twelve tribes. It's a setup. This is a setup. That was a setup, but this is a setup. It's twelve wells, twelve tribes. The twelfth year. And when he woke me up, now I'm shook up. So August 8th, I'm shook up. And I kept telling my son, I'm on your heel. I am right behind you. I'm on your heel. I said, I need through. He said, okay, mom. I know you've been going through a lot. You have no idea. But when the word of the Lord comes in your mouth, you better get up and speak. You better do what you're supposed to do. Say what you're supposed to say. They all went into, they each went into the waters of their tribes. See, you got to find your place in the house of God. That was a house of God. They were moving house. Cloud by day, fire by night, they were a tabernacle. We can't be a tabernacle. We can't get in our places and do what we need to do. Twelve represents, listen, twelve represents all of God's people. Because Israel was made up of twelve tribes, all the descendants of the twelve sons of Jacob, each had their own well in the middle of the desert. We are God's people. Number twelve represents the twelve tribes the 12 sons of Jacob. I don't know about you, but I'm in the descendant of that. I don't know if everybody else is, but I'm in the descendant of that. What happened here is happening now. Uh, the water refreshed them and sustained them. They tasted the sweetness of God's promised care. Guess what this was? This oasis was a representation of his promise. He wanted them to taste to say, I got you. I need you to rest. I've got abundance. I've got provision. The wells represent God's fountain of life. A well is more than water. It's about a symbol of thriving community. This well is not about just water. It's about the thriving community. Oh, come on, somebody. Huh. See, sometimes you get so in yourself that you miss the whole thing of what God's trying to say. It's a community. He brought to over two million people and moved them in the desert. Moses couldn't have done that by himself. I'd have been flipped out. You want me to, with all that, and hundreds, thousands of kids, 
what? They'd be crying. They'd be carrying on. Mom's complaining. There ain't no water. Dad's complaining because they, they, they left where they wanted to eat their garlic and carry on in the, in the, in the desert in Egypt. So they start complaining. I already had good food. I had all this, and now I don't have nothing. Then they hit the oasis. And God spoke to me, and he said, you tell them they're in Elim. You tell them that this 12th year is the 12 wells of water. It's abundance. It's refreshing. Some of you are so exhausted. You could take your last breath and say, man, I had to press my way just to get in here. But you, you hit the well. And guess what? You don't have to dig it. You don't have to dig to get to do this. It's already provided. As Pastor Brandon said, when you get to 12, you mean business. But when God gets to 12, he means business. When he got to the 12 wells, when he told them to go to the 12 wells, he meant business. It's a setup. Right in the middle of our desert, it's a set. You felt that desert. And guess where we're at? We're at a setup. We just hit an oasis. Oh, see, you should be. I'd take off run. I, I've already ran in my house. Poor pop. Huh? I said, we just hit an oasis, pop. We just hit an oasis. I don't know about you, but that makes me. Not just for me, but for everybody. We just hit an oasis. Do you understand? We just sat in an alim. There's going to be provision. There's going to be care. There's going to be refreshing. I don't know. She just speaking. No, I'm declaring and I'm decreeing what he said. God is so detailed and so precise in what he's doing that it shakes me to my core. How precise we are with God and every step that we're taking. And sometimes, sometimes you know when you take a step and you go, man, I hope we're taking the right step. Man, God, I hope we're like, you know, I'm doing the right thing and, you know, you feel that sometimes, and then all of a sudden you're on a different road. And you go, how in the world did I get here? How did I get back to Amara? I don't want to stay in Amara. I don't want to stay in the di disappointment. I don't want to stay in resentment. I, don't, I want to get to the oasis. I don't care if I had to put you on my shoulders and say, come on. You know, they probably did. There's two million people. They probably were going, come on. Come on, pack up, get all your stuff. Let's go. There's an oasis. No, I see palm, date palm trees. I see 12 wells. We're getting ready to hit something. Twelve wells. Seventy palm trees. Seventy. The same number of ones of Jacob's house that had first moved to Egypt 
400 years ago. Now listen to me real quick. 70 is the number of Jacob's house that first moved to Egypt 400 years. This is a setup. Joseph was rising in Pharaoh's court. It was a nation, a nation rising within a nation. That's when it grew to over 2 million people. But it started with 70, 400 years before that. Come on. There's a setup that's going on. And they don't even know that God's getting ready to surprise them. They have no idea that the representation of the 70 palm trees which is the 70 that came in 400 years before that into Egypt with Jacob. Uh, (laughs) And now they're moving out of Egypt with 2 million, but they're running into exactly what started it. This is foundational stuff. They had a reflection back to the foundation of everything that was talked to them about. Can you imagine them saying, you know, there were 70 that came in and that was 400 years ago. And then they walk into an oasis with 70 palms that represented the 70 that started it in the first place. It's called a setup. 70 was also the number of the Israelites elders appointed by Moses. There's a setup here. God, God, don't make no mistake. Seventy also represented the completion of a cycle. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm completing a cycle. You completing a cycle of something? Twelve wells and seventy palms. The Babylonian captivity was seventy years. Listen. Daniel's prophecy included 70 weeks. The wells of water and the palm trees speak of foundations, and it speaks of a healing refreshment that we have just entered. It's called the Oasis. I want to read this to you. Isaiah 41, 18 through 20. I will open rivers on the bare heights and foundations in the middle, in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. You better hear, he's trying to say something to you. Y'all been dry and weary. (laughs) I will make the wilderness a pool of water and dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress the plain, the pine together, (laughs) that they may see and know and may consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created this. The hand of the Lord has done this. The hand of the Lord has done this for Israel. The hand of the Lord has done this for remnant. We're at 12 springs and 70 palms. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. I love this. This is in the message. 
When God, your God, ushers you into the land he promised through your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There we are. Here we are. To give you. You're going to walk into a large, bustling cities you didn't build. Well-furnished houses you didn't buy. Are you? Hello? No, hello. Well-furnished houses you didn't buy. You're going to come upon wells you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive orchards you didn't plant. When you take it in and settle down, hear, hear me right here. When you take it in and settle down, please, please and content, make sure you don't forget how you got there. God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. He's brought you to a place. Palm Springs represents the fullness of God's blessings. You're just hit water. You just hit abundance. You just hit refreshment. You just hit healing. Why 12 and 70? From the old to the new, Brandon. Why 12 and 70? 12 springs and 70 palms. Matthew 10, 1. It says that when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm right here. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. And proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He gave you power to cast down demons, to heal the sick. What? I've never cast out a demon. I heal the sick. I'm so sick, I can't even go put my hand on to heal anybody. Hello? 12 and 70. He said to raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pay. <laughs> I, could, I could preach on that right there. You receive without pain, give without pay. There's the 12. God said, here, I'm going to give the 12. I'm going to give them power. Here's your springs, 12 springs. And he's saying, I want to give you power to cast out demons, to heal the sick. Some of that goes right over your head. If you could see what I've seen. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen people miraculously healed. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've seen a lady that had a tumor, huge tumor on her neck. We walked up to pray over her in Africa, and that thing fell off and went down to her feet. And I heard God say, keep moving. Don't, don't sit there and pet on that. Keep moving. Because it ain't for your glory. It's for his glory. So now he's saying, now I put you in wells. I put you in the 12 tribes. I put you in the wells of water, 12 of them for the 12th year. And I'm saying, I want you to go proclaim. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to heal the sick. You're just going to sit there and splash in the water? What are you going to do about it? Luke 10, 1. Then he appointed 70 
also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place where he himself was going about. He also appointed 70. Luke 10, 9. He also said to the 70, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God is near to you. You better start saying the kingdom of God is near to you. You better start saying the kingdom of God is at hand. You think we're not in the end time? Tick tock. The hourglass, tick tock. The sand's about to run out. What are you going to do about it? You're just going to go lay in kumbaya? He appointed 12, and then he appointed 70, and he took them out two by two. My God. You think that water's not going to get full enough to go out to that city? You better believe it. Heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God. Church, we left Mara. We've left bitterness, pain, disappointment, Resentment. We've entered Elim. Elim means strong place. It's an oasis. It's a dwelling place. It's the refuge. The springs of water nourishing nourishing the deepest wellsprings of your soul. Water can heal immune system. Water can heal your soul. It's a spring of water. It's called the living water. We left Mara, and we're in Elim. Twelve springs, twelfth year. God's not playing around. It's a setup. It's a setup from here of the Israelites and us coming out of Egypt. When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you came out of Egypt. Hello. And then after you give your heart to the Lord, you think, oh, everything's all good. But, you know, you go through some things and you have to go look in the water and see the bitterness of reflection of who you really are. And God wants to bring you from glory to glory. Hello? Don't think because you gave your heart to the Lord and you got baptized, you can go sit down. I don't think so. September 26th, it will be, oh, I can't even remember how many years I've been saved now. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was eight years old. I fell away at 16. I gave my heart back to the Lord at 26, and I've been saved ever since, and I'm going to be 62. And I'm still going from glory to glory. I'm still going from one place to another. Don't stop. Don't go sit down and say, oh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. No, it's a moving army. It's a bride In Elim, it all comes together in the form of 12 wells and 12 artesian wells. We are tapping into the unending, life-giving flow of the greatest outpouring that we've ever seen. Uh, We are tapping into the greatest outpouring we have ever seen in our lives. I'm not going to miss that for nobody If I have to crawl. Isn't it funny how Jesus went up to the man that was laying there and he waited for the water to be stirred and waited for the water to be stirred. And he goes, somebody take me to that water. He's laying there for years and years. Somebody take me to the water. It's starting to stir. Somebody take me to the water. 
Nobody took him. Every time he tried to crawl just to get close to it, the water stopped stirring. And then there, here comes Jesus. His name's Yeshua Mashiach. He walks up and stands there and he said, what do you want? Jesus knew what he wanted. Jesus knew all along. He wouldn't have been there if he didn't. He said, every time I go, try to get to the water where it's stirred. Nobody wanted to take me and I crawled as hard as I could try to get there and I couldn't get there. He said, I am the water. He said, no, I am the water. And isn't it funny that he did it on a Sabbath? Boy, it ticked the Pharisees off. Them Pharisaical, they were so mad. They walk up and said, how dare you try to do something on the, on the Sabbath? Who do you think you are? He said, I am the living water. I am who I say, who I, who I say I am. I believe the water is stirred. I believe there's a great outpouring. I know there's a great outpouring. And I believe that the Lord is trying to stir your, your, your soul. He said he's not coming back for a fearful church. He's not coming back for a defeated church. He's not coming back for a political correct church. He's not coming back for a comfortable church. He's not coming back for a silent church. He's not coming back for a dying church. Jesus Christ is coming back for a glorious church, a triumphal church, a thriving church, a victorious church, a holy church. Are you dying today? Are you defeated today? He said, we are the church. I don't know about you, but I want to be a glorious church. I want to be prepared as a bride to see my bridegroom. You feel that pull? That's a Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God. I want you to stand with me. Twelve wells. Seventy palms. I didn't even get into palms. Deepest roots you could ever find in your life when a storm comes. They bend but not break. He sent them seventy two by two to cast out demons, to heal the sick. He set the 12 as apostles. <laughs> Let me ask this question. Do you want to go to Elim? Because guess what they had to do? They had to move to get there. No, you didn't hear me. They had to move to get there. I bet they climbed up on each other trying to run as fast as you see. See, the, the, see you don't need, you're not even running. <laughs> don't wait on me. I just need to know, 
Are you ready to step into the oasis? No, are you ready to step into the oasis? I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to turn that up. Turn it up. Turn it up, please. Turn it up.